Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. This is the Another Chance Daily Devotion. And of course, Another Chance. He's not the God of just a second chance. If he were the God of a second chance, and that was all we get, I blew through mine a long time ago. But he's the God of another chance because he loves us and he wants us to be, he wants us to be one with him. You know, where does, where does God live? Where's God's home? God's home is in our hearts. If you're a follower of Jesus, God's home is in your heart. And likewise, your home is in his heart. It's almost above our pay grade to understand that. But what we're doing, of course, is going through a book called The Holiest of All by Andrew Murray, written in 1894. It's all about the book of Hebrews. So let's continue now. And we're in verse 5 of chapter 1. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. That's from the book of Psalms. So this writer of Hebrews was using the Old Testament scriptures to remind the Messianic Jews of that particular day that what they were following, that what they were into, what they were believing, Yeshua as Mashiach, Jesus as Messiah, it had been predicted in the Old Testament, in the Jewish Bible. And of course, at that time, that was, that was, those were the only scriptures they knew. And time and time again in this first chapter of Hebrews, the writer is just laying out scripture verse after scripture verse after scripture verse, which remind these, these new believers in Jesus that in fact he was the promised Messiah. He is the promised Messiah. Verse 5. Let's begin it again. For unto which of the angels said he in any time, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. That's from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 7. And when he again bringeth in the firstborn into the world, he saith, let all the angels of God worship him. That too is from the book of Psalms. It is because Christ is the Son of God that he is higher than the angels. And that the New Testament, as we like to call it, is so much higher than the Old Remember, everything hidden in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. If we would grasp the teaching and get the blessing of this epistle and indeed become partakers of the inner power and glory of the redemption Christ has brought, we must tarry here in deep humility until God reveals to us what it means that his only Son has become our Savior The infinite excellence of the Son above the angels is the measure of the excellence of that heavenly life He brings and gives within us. The angels could tell of God and of life. The Son has, the Son is, that life of God. And He gives it. He gives it. He that hath the Son hath life. 
So you want real life, you want everlasting life, you want eternal life, it's through Jesus, the Son. Continuing, thou art my Son, this day I've begotten thee. Again, this is from verse 5. Thou art my Son, this day I have begotten thee. The words are used in the book of Acts as well. Acts 13, verse 33 These words are used to speak of the resurrection of Messiah. So the word firstborn in the next verse also has reference to the resurrection. We read that in Colossians' first chapter, Revelation's first chapter. The Son was not only begotten of the Father in eternity, but begotten again in the resurrection. In the incarnation, the union between the divine and the human nature was the work of the Father, It had to be perfected through and by Jesus, yielding himself to God's will, even unto death. In the resurrection, we read in Romans chapter 1, verse 4, he was declared to be the Son of God with power. The full outbirth of humanity into the perfected fellowship and equality with deity was completed The Son of Man was begotten into all the likeness and glory of the Son of God. Paul applies this as well. Acts 13. God raised up Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, Thou art my Son, this day I have begotten thee. That's what Paul writes. He then became the first begotten from the dead. This is is gigantic. Christ is the Son of God. What does this mean to us? What is the blessing that it brings forth? Well, it points us first to the great mystery that God has a Son. Like I said earlier, it's, it's almost above our pay grade. I guess you could say, not almost, it is. But we believe this by faith. This is the mystery of divine love. Because God is love, he begets a son to whom he gives all he is and has himself, in whose fellowship he finds his life and delight, through whom he can, del- who, whom he can reveal himself, with whom he shares the worship of all his creatures. I'm, I'm going to read that again. This is heavy-duty write- writing from Andrew Murray in 1894. People, people back in the day were so literate. This current generation, this, this Instagram, TikTok, tweet, text generation has, has really dumbed down the English vocabulary. The English vocabulary. So I'm going to read that again. Because God is love, he begets a son to whom he gives all he is and has himself, in whose fellowship he finds his life and delight, through whom he can reveal himself, with whom he shares the worship of all his creatures. And because God is love, this Son of God becomes the Son of Man, and the Son of Man, having been perfected forevermore, enters through death and resurrection into all the glory that belongs to the Son And now this Son of God is to us the revelation, the bearer of the love of the divine being. 
in him the love of God dwells in us. In him we enter and rest in it. When God speaks to us in this, his son, it is the infinite love imparting itself to us, becoming the inward life of our life. Remember what I said earlier? Where is God's home? In your heart. Where is your home? In his heart. Andrew Murray goes on to say, if we ask how this can be done, our answer is the second great lesson taught us by the truth that Christ is the Son of God. It was by being begotten of God by a divine birth that Christ became the Son. In eternity, it was a birth. In the resurrection, it was a birth from the dead. And so it is only by a divine birth of the Son that the love of God can enter and possess us. It is by an eternal generation that the Son is God. In eternity, Andrew Murray writes something here that's so important to remember. In eternity, there is no past. In eternity, there is no past. What God is and does in all the infinite power of an ever-present now. In eternity, there's no past. What God is and does is all in the infinite power of an ever-present now. I think this is important for us to recall in our own life. There's no rearview mirror with God. He saved you. The, the past is the past. It's forgotten. Your sins have been made white as snow. It's, it's over. It's forgotten. Don't allow the devil to condemn you with your past sins. Don't let that happen. And so it is only by a divine birth that the Son, that the love of God can enter and possess us. It is by an eternal generation that the Son is God. In eternity, there is no past. I'm reading this again. What God is and does is all in the infinite power of an ever-present now. And so it is in the power of that eternal generation that the Father begetteth in his Son. It's also written in 1 John chapter 5. And begetteth his Son in us. And that the Father speaks the eternal word to us and in us. The word of God is the Son coming from the heart of the Father, spoken into our hearts, dwelling there. The Son is the love of God. As the Son, so the love of God is begotten within us, making us, by a new birth, partakers of its own nature and blessedness. Gosh, that's beautiful. If we would learn the lesson of this book of Hebrews and experience in our Christian life the full power of the everlasting redemption, we must, above all, learn to know Jesus better. You want to experience the promises of God, my friend? The promises that we toss out in a verse or two out of context? If you want to experience those promises of God, we need to remember, where does God live? He lives in your heart. Where do you live? In his heart. Those are our homes. His home and your heart. Your home and his heart. We need to be devoted to him. We need to surrender to his will 
And then those promises throughout the scriptures will become alive. Let me get back to what Andrew Murray is saying here. If we would learn the lesson of this epistle, book of Hebrews, and experience in our Christian life the full power of the everlasting redemption, we must, above all, learn to know Jesus better. The general knowledge we had of him before and at conversion is not enough for a strong and healthy growth. God desires that we come to a close friendship, to an intimate acquaintance with his beloved son, that we should be the loving, happy witnesses of how completely he can save us. Let us do so. Remembering that angels and prophets could only point to him who was to come. That the words of scripture and even of Christ himself only profit as they waken the expectancy of something higher Let us wait on God to speak in his Son to us. Let us wait on God to speak in his Son to us. God speaking in us will be the mighty act of creative power, a birth of his love within us. Andrew Murray ends this with a prayer, and so will I end this podcast episode in a prayer. Let's just bow our hearts to to him right now. Oh God, thank you for living in our hearts. And conversely, thank you for allowing us to live in your heart. Thank you for providing us a way that we can have this, this unbelievable relationship with the creator, the upholder, the heir of all things, the finisher of our faith the soon-coming King. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh God, teach us that the blessed secret of a full salvation is this. Jesus, our Savior, is the Son of God. Well, thank you for joining me in this episode. I hope you're as pumped up as I am. Let us draw near to him. Thank you for joining me. I'm Brian Sussman. I look forward to you joining me in the next episode of Another Chance. Another Chance.